Are you ready for this? Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm Corey. I'm Logan. And we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you. Welcome to the Principles Podcast. Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. Hey guys, we've got another awesome awesome episode uh, for you today. I'm excited uh, actually to get to know our next guest along with you. I know that he is a leader and an entrepreneur and hey, I'm all in on leadership and entrepreneurship. He's doing some awesome things in Lexington, Kentucky. He is the founder and CEO of SAS, uh, helping a lot of entrepreneurs uh, grow their businesses and do those things. And uh, just want to welcome Patrick Parker. Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan, Patrick. Hey, awesome, Corey. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Awesome. Well, man, we're looking forward to getting to know you and how you how you serve entrepreneurs and add value to them. And um, I, before we get going into that, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background, what you uh, also what you're doing, but also how you got to where you're at right now. You care to share a little bit about your background with us, Patrick? Corey, how much how much time do we have here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'll. Uh, yeah, so so starting from a from an early age, I grew up as an athlete. Uh, always been a, an ultra competitive person, uh, but always considered myself to be a, a servant leader. I love to help other people. I love to coach people up. I love to encourage and motivate. And I've just found that throughout my life, um, I've developed a, a set of skills that has has just let me identify you know what incentivizes, what motivates people, and then that's something that has has helped me to help them increase their performance uh, and to kind of move throughout uh, eventually their, their careers. Right. But just developing their own skill sets, developing um, into better, stronger, faster people. Um, so it started with kind of athletics at an early age, transitioned into to business and, and entrepreneurship as, as uh, you know, life kind of moved along. So my, uh, my start was uh, back in consulting. So I did consulting for about a decade, uh, worked with a bunch of big companies, primarily doing uh, health tech uh, software implementations. Um, and we just would find that as we're delivering these multi-million dollar, multi-hundred million dollar projects, uh, that our, our customers, our clients just were not happy. Uh, and the, the problem that we kept running into time and time again is that we would go in and you'd have one team that basically gathers the requirements. You'd have another team that actually designs and builds the software. Uh, and then you have a, a delivery team that, that basically turns it over. So we would build what we thought were these, these great products, right? And uh, we would turn them over to our, our customers and our customers would say, hey, this, this, this doesn't work. This doesn't uh, meet the needs. This doesn't meet our requirements. This is not the way that we operate or do business. Um, and so what I, I quickly realized is that there's, there's got to be a better way, right? There's got to be a better way. Uh, I wasn't happy. I wasn't, wasn't proud of the work that we were doing because at the end of the day, our customers weren't satisfied. So they're buying into this whole idea of consulting, having a, an outside team uh, or an outside company come in and, and basically build out these alleged solutions, uh, but they just weren't solving the problems. So I, I kind of looked at some of the other people that I was uh, building out these, these projects with. And I, I said, I, I think we can do a better job. And so uh, about five years ago, I started with uh, 
a couple of good friends of mine, we, we started uh, SaaS Partners, and we immediately knew that we wanted to take a more human-centered approach to how we designed and ultimately delivered these projects. And what I mean by that is, as far as human-centered is, we literally include all of the stakeholders, all of the quote-unquote power users and the people that are going to be leveraging the system from the very beginning of the process. So they're involved within the requirements uh, gathering. They're involved at all the different phase gates within the design. So they have the opportunities to <clears throat> review the designs. They have the opportunities to get their hands on in, in, in an early beta period and actually start beginning to, to use the, the software. But more importantly, it creates a feedback loop, right, to where we are able to solicit feedback from them at a very rapid rate. And we're able to make changes uh, using the, the agile methodology to go in and build that feedback back into the product. So at the end of it, when we're turning it over, they've known the entire time what that uh, progression looks like, what to expect. They know that all the requirements, all the different boxes that, that they had on their wish list have been checked off. And it, it ended up being an incredible customer experience, right? So by the time that it's actually ready to go live in production, they know exactly what they're getting. Um, and it's something that they can stand by and that actually eases their, their pain points, right? So these are kind of changing that whole paradigm from delivering something without knowing or uh, without involving the customer versus having them right there, you know, locked up in tow all the way through and through. And it's just a completely different experience. So you go through this, this whole consulting like we did for years and years and, and understand that it's broken and then transitioning the way that we did uh, in, into having a, a far superior uh, approach and, and ultimately in products. And it's just so rewarding. And um, word got out very quick about how, you know, the, the way that we did things, because I, I think that's the experience that all customers truly want, right? They want to be involved. They want to understand uh, but more importantly, they want to actually realize uh, the benefits of the value proposition that you you sold them on in the first place, right? And I, I think that is something that uh, differentiates us, just the level of quality and then the, the style of approach that we take, uh, number one. Um, <clears throat> but then going past that, uh, what that engagement looks like and the ways that we're able to actually step in and consult and help them understand how to continue uh, building and, and scaling their business, right? And so we literally grew in the first three years uh, to $3 million in, in ARR uh, without ever spending a dollar on marketing or advertising, just because we were building great products and our referral networks were so strong because people were seeing those products, using those products, loving those products. And we were able to turn those people into raving fans, right? And, and so our customers ended up being our initial sales force. We didn't have to go out and sell because the products that we were building, people would see them and say, hey, I saw what you built for so-and-so. Uh, can you build something like that for us? Or I've got an idea that would really help my business. And so, you know, by, by leveraging the power of, of referral marketing, it let us stay extremely lean, which as a, as an early stage startup was, was amazing. Right. So just starting out and now we've obviously matured and started building out our sales organization and things like that and continued scaling revenue. But, um, so that was kind of how we, we started. Um, and it's, it's been a lot of fun and we continue to, to grow from literally every, every end, uh, 
today. So that's where we're at uh, in a nutshell. That was the uh, a <clears throat> little bit longer than a, a, a short version, but uh, here we are. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It, well, just hearing your story, I hear tons of leadership principles, entrepreneurship principles in there. I, I think about the consulting business that you were a part of. It sounded, sounded like it was much more transactional. And yes. now you guys created a process in the system where it's customer service focused. And, you know, I, you said something, I wrote it down as word got out quickly. Right. Yeah. That's what happens whenever you exceed expectations. Word got out quickly. And it, it, it's interesting what happens when you do that. You're, you're proof of it yeah. that your customers become your raving fans, but they're greatest sales force. That's what you said. Oh, and absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's been such a fun ride. I mean, when you have people that are, are genuinely excited to share their wins and to share the outcomes that they have of using your product, the revenue that they add, the time that they save. Um, it, it's, it's incredible. There's, there's no other feeling like that in the world, right? To just genuinely help people and for them to excel because of what you've been able to deliver. Yeah. So um, I love that. And, and we're a little bit different uh, at SaaS Partners. So we run what's called a studio model. So we, we started out building all these other products for clients uh, to, to generate revenue initially. And then as our, our workforce grew, we, uh, we would have a bunch of developers that as they're rolling off of one project, if we didn't have something for them to, to move on to next, instead of just letting them go, terminating them, or, or just carrying that, uh, that, that financial burden, we would turn around and we would start building our own projects. So now I have launched uh, in the last five years, we've got five different SaaS platforms that we've launched that are our own products. Um, and all of those, we stand up as different companies as we, uh, as we create them and we take them to market. And then we move people around within our organization. So it gives, it provides a lot of opportunities for upward mobility. And so it's one of those things where you can never tap out, right? Uh, you're never going to hit that ceiling. There's always going to be uh, a new place to go or a new opportunity that you can explore. So long as your, your skill set and your knowledge base uh, continues to grow while you're here and, and it aligns with, uh, with what those company needs are. So I think that's something else that, that we do very, very well at this point. And, and I think it, it speaks a lot to the culture that we have built uh, in the way that people progress and, and really pursue that continuing education and, and maintain kind of that thirst and hunger for knowledge, right? Um, so at this point, uh, all those companies were doing over a million in revenue in each of them. Um, they're all early stage. Most of them, well, four out of the five are, are software as a service products. The other one's physical products um, and, and a couple of digital and infographic products. Um, but again, we've, we've just been able to develop these processes, these procedures, and these playbooks that, that really work and they're portable across industries, across niches. Um, and it's something that we're, we actually work with and coach a lot of our clients uh, on how to use and how to implement those uh, in order to, to grow their businesses as well. So it's, it's, been, a, it's been a fun ride. Yeah. So I, I want to dig into some entrepreneur stuff here in just a second, but I, I, I've heard you mention uh, the products and, and some sure. of the clients that you use. Uh, what's an example of some of the products that you, you help clients with? Yeah, absolutely. So I think our, so our first client, um, uh, a woman by the name of Amanda Nybrandt was a, a registered dietitian who was trying to run uh, group-based training programs on Facebook. Facebook was kind of the, the de facto 
platform. Uh, so she was trying to run those through groups. She was doing about 600,000 in revenue at the time, which is amazing for someone that went from, you know, a clinical setting as a dietitian to uh, running her own programs as an entrepreneur. So we came in, built a, a platform for her um, and built a, a mobile app and a, a web app for her. And, and within 18 months, she's doing over 3 million in revenue and continuing to scale and grow her business. Um, but again, a lot of that stuff, you know, we, we have entrepreneurs and we have seasoned business owners all the time that come to us and they have a problem in their business, right? Or they have a problem with technology and they know that there's a better way, but they don't know what it is. Right. And so a lot of what we're doing in these discovery sessions is, is trying to really understand their business models and look for opportunities of, of how we can implement technology uh, or software solutions in order to, you know, kind of break down those those barriers or those obstacles that are basically constraining their growth. And so she's a, a great example. Now she's got a, a big team of people that are helping her. Um, but we built a, a product that was specific to her business. Uh, that that met her model and and you know just provided tools within it and resources within it that would give her the ability to scale. So we built a, a big referral engine that has been a a huge driver of her growth in her business. Um, you know some of her her top referrers she's paying out forty fifty thousand a year. Um, but again, it's just creating those those processes, building out those features and things that are allowing her to do a lot more with her time, uh, while also winning a lot of that time back. And I think that's, you know, when we asked her for a, a testimonial, that was one of her biggest things. She was just like, oh my God, the, the time that I've gotten back because of this product that, that we delivered, uh, there's just nothing like it. That's time to, to go back and to spend with family. That's time to, to spend with friends. That's time to, to pursue other passions outside of, of just work. And that's just one of, of many, many examples. Um, but it's one of my favorite stories because not only was it a, a first client, um, but because the success story is, is huge. You know, to go from 600K to over 3 million in 18 months is, is an incredible story of growth. Um, and it's, you know, like I said, one of, one of many, but, um, so we, we love building products. We're extremely passionate about design and we just happen to be really good at it. Um, and so it's one of those things where, you know, when, when you kind of line up all the, the dominoes, right. And you, uh, you spend so much time and so much effort building out all these processes, you spend all this time developing your people, building out the skill sets that you need, uh, it's extremely easy to then turn around and knock those down and, and just knock it out of the park. So, um, like I said, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, and I think the biggest thing within our culture is just, we have a, a, a great open, uh, environment here. We have all different types of people. We have, uh, a second headquarters that we stood up this past year in India that, uh, was, was a big milestone for us because it gave us access to an entirely different talent pool. Um, as far as like software developers and engineers and, and architects go, <clears throat> but um, it's, it's been a lot of fun to see just how our culture continues to kind of grow and expand. And I mean, the biggest thing in, in terms of, of leadership and in terms of, of hiring is just being aware that every time that you bring someone new into the organization, they're going to contribute uh, their own personality, their own quirks, their own passions, uh, and just seeing how that continues to, to help that culture evolve over time has just uh, been a lot of fun to, to watch. So um, 
Yeah, we've definitely been blessed and, and we've been growing at a, at a crazy rate. And it's just, it's just fun to, to, to see something that you have built uh, and spent this much time and effort just come to fruition as you're, you're starting to realize your dreams. So that's awesome. I, I think that's the fun part about being an entrepreneur and, and being in a role where you're building something as a leader. And uh, I want to go back to something you said in your story. You, you mentioned as you were growing up that you started recognizing some of these gifts that you had. Sure. And uh, one of the things we talk about in leadership is that success leaves clues, right? If yeah. you look back and, and you look at your life, that your experience and people say experience is the greatest teacher, but it's really evaluated experience that's the greatest teacher because right. that allows those lessons to catch up with you. But you can look back over your life and you can see some of those successes and there's some clues in there. And I was just kind of curious for you, as, as you mentioned that, that those talents, they started to kind of kind of peek out at you. At what yeah. point did you recognize that you had had a certain kind of gift mix? I, I did. And, and I think the biggest thing, you know, going back towards it, like, just my upbringing, the way that that my parents had always taught me and the the values that that they had instilled in me, you know, servant leadership was always big, right? We were heavily involved in in church growing up, heavily involved in the community, um, in a, athletics and in a bunch of different capacities. And it's one of those things where I was just naturally exposed and and meeting new people all the time, right? So networking was something that that became natural to me. Um, and then again, just as we're building out these different teams, uh, from an athletics perspective, uh, I just, I knew that, uh, I knew that I would be a good leader. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. Like, like you said, I mean, it's definitely something with clues, um, being a high performer, not settling for anything less than my best. Um, that, that was the one thing that, that always stuck with me as a child. And I think it, it was so important is my dad always said, I don't care if you win or lose. I only care that you try your best. And so that was something for me. It was like, okay, failure is acceptable, right? Winning is great, but failure is acceptable. And so, you know, fast forward a few years as I'm, I'm growing into an early adult and I trust me, I've, I've failed at a lot of, at a lot of entrepreneurial ventures before I ever found success. But I started to realize that I would learn more from my failures than I ever learned from my success. And that has continued literally throughout my life. I mean, even transitioning into business with some of my early ventures failed, you know, I, I realized, okay, cash flow. I need to, I need to learn how to, to manage cash flow better, right? Uh, or if we're talking about being able to just tell a good story. I mean, that's another thing. I had another venture that was uh, very early in the, the web 2.0 uh, kind of emergence there. And uh, I just wasn't able to communicate the value of the products and services that we were offering. And so again, it goes back to storytelling. So those are things that I was able to take away from it and work on and focus uh, my energy and attention on, and ultimately come out the other side uh, much better at those, those different skills, right? So yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely uh, clues along the way. Um, but again, I, I think a lot of it is just resilience and, and being able to, to overcome those obstacles and being able to, to be self-aware enough to understand what my weaknesses are and what my strengths are to kind of shore up my, my weaknesses and to really focus on doubling down on my strengths, right? Um, understanding that, especially as I built out my organization, that knowing what I'm not good at, finding other people that really excel in those areas so that I can build relationships with them, 
build trust with them, uh, and then ultimately delegate and not have to worry about uh, those things that number one, I don't enjoy, but number two, I'm just, I'm not an expert at, or I'm, I'm not, uh, not passionate about, or not, not good at. So I think that's something that, you know, especially as an entrepreneur over time, I think that's a realization that you need to come to. Right. And I think you need to, to do everything that you can to, to shore up those weaknesses and to find people that, that help round out the team. Right. So I I think, I think there's another correlation there. I'm a big basketball fan. Like I said, I I grew up playing sports, um, but I absolutely love watching pro basketball right now. And, you know, super teams has been a big thing for a while, right? You've got it this year. Uh, You had LeBron, you had Anthony Davis, you had uh, Russell Westbrook and all those guys with the, the Lakers team and they didn't even make the playoffs. And then you have this other teams like Memphis uh, with John Morant leading, leading the charge. And you've got some incredible other supporting cast there, but how they just grew organically. But I think the biggest difference is that they understand what their weaknesses are. They understand that every teammate has a role to play and their entire team is stronger for it. And so they're one of the best teams in their conference. And uh, I just, I love that because I, I think it's such a, I think there's such a strong correlation between business as well. Right. I always teach people that you're only as strong as your, your team's only as strong as your weakest member. So then it becomes your responsibility as a leader to understand how can I mentor this person? How can I coach this person up? Uh, how can I give this person the training or the skill set uh, to, to strengthen themselves and strengthen uh, what they're able to bring to the table, which ultimately strengthens the, the teams and then the, the organization, right? So um, I love seeing that though, uh, just kind of on display and, and professional athletics as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's interesting. You brought that up. I was talking with a team about that yesterday, the same thing that the strength of the team, the effectiveness of the team is going to be impacted by its weakest link. And, and I love, I love what you said too, about failure, right? And most people are crippled by failure, but it's only through your failures and trying stuff new that you're, that you're going to get, get to progress. And uh, one other thing I wanted to call attention to that you said that that is so key that I found that high high level people, high level achievers, whatever you want to call it in, in every industry is they know that you want to constantly be out of your comfort zone, but never out of your strength zone. You said it, you shore exactly. up your weaknesses with the people that's their, their strength. And I think when you understand that, man, you've built a powerful, powerful team. And that, that's, a, that's what it sounds like you guys are doing there at SAS. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we, we have a motto here. We, we always say fail fast and fail hard, right? Because if you're not failing, you're not experimenting. And yeah. if you're not exper- experimenting, especially in, in technology, uh, then you're, you're not innovating. And if you're not innovating, uh, then you're dying, right? And, and that's just kind of the way that the industry is. Um, but I, I think that that adds so much to the culture as well, and that people have uh, that security in their jobs that they understand that, hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be fired. I'm not gonna be terminated if I, if I fail or if I make a mistake, right? We want people to get out of their comfort zone. We want people to continue pushing uh, past what they previously thought was possible. We want people to keep on learning, right? I mean, that's the whole reason that we're in tech and that, that we're passionate about it. So if we're going to continue helping our clients uh, as technology uh, continues to, to innovate at such a rapid pace, then we've got to be right there on the cusp with it, right? We've got to stay on that bleeding edge. And the only way to do that is to, to experiment. 
Yeah, 100%. And you, you got to, and everything that I'm hearing you say, there's a lot of words behind the words of having a core value and core principles that you guys operate out of. You haven't, haven't said those, but I can hear it in your voice and hear it, uh, <laughs> hear it, uh, in everything that you're saying. I, I want to ask you is like a lot of people that listen to our podcast, a lot of them are entrepreneurial, a lot of them lead teams. How important do you, do you feel like it is for them to develop and understand some core values for themselves and for their teams? You've got to have them. And I think the, the biggest thing that you just touched on, it's important to have those both personally and professionally and as part of an organization, right? Um, and so I think the biggest thing that we always instill in everyone um, from our perspective is integrity, transparency, honesty, and, and everything else. If you just have those three core tenets right there, those three core values, everything else comes out, right? Everything else works out. The rest of it in terms of, of the culture is just having uh, the opportunity to experiment, having the, the freedom to try new things. Uh, there's nothing to me that, that is more frustrating than when you, you have uh, your employees or staff or, or people on your team that see problems and see processes that are broken, but don't take steps or don't raise awareness to actually move forward and solve those problems, right? Um, I think that is, is probably the, the, the most frustrating thing that, that I see from time to time. And it doesn't happen often, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you want to empower your employees to have ownership over key responsibilities, key areas within your business, uh, then they need to be aware of, of what is happening and they need to be held accountable for those things. Right. And so it's, it's always just disappointing when you see uh, things that are broken, that are not being addressed. And the, the question immediately is why aren't they being addressed? Right. And so then you get to have some of those tough conversations and, and you kind of try to dig down and, and really understand what's going on. But a lot of times you just need to, to make sure that you are communicating effectively of, of what the expectations are of your employees and, and when you expect them to communicate and to, to bring up issues that arise and, and to also have solutions, right? That's always my big thing is if you see a problem, bring me a solution, right? Um, you know, if this is happening within your functional area, then it's your responsibility, your team's responsibility to, to work through this. And if you can't, escalate it, but don't ever sit on a problem uh, because it's only going to fester. It's only going to grow. Right. So 100%. And, you know, empowering your people to make those decisions is, is important. And I think having, like you said, understanding that why behind what you're doing, those core values, it allows people to make those critical decisions there. And uh, I love what you said. And, um, you know, having those core values, what I have found too, is not only allows people to make empowered decisions, it gives them kind of direction. And then from another standpoint, it allows people to see if that's something I want to be a part of. You, you spoke very much exactly. about the culture and how important it is to have a culture. Well, when you have those core values, it allows somebody like myself or somebody else to say, you know, I want to be a part of that or I don't want to be a part yeah. of that. And I, it, I learned it helps, that lesson. It helps provide clarity, right? And yeah. I, I think that's it. When you, when you are clear on what's being asked of you, what's being expected, uh, then it's a lot easier to make a decision versus going into an organization uh, unprepared or, or just kind of unaware, yeah. right? And I think that's something that's that's extremely important. 100%, 100%. And, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, 
I can tell that 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 you guys have a lot going on too. And um, one of the things that kind of talked about, actually, I got before we got on here is um, I would love to hear how you balance multiple companies at the same time. And, and not only that, but how do you balance, yeah, I'm sure, family relations, friend relations, and then building businesses that are impacting other people? How do you how do you balance that at the same time? Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I am extremely protective of my time. Yeah. And I, I think that's the the first thing. And I, I think uh, where a lot of entrepreneurs kind of missed up is a lot of people tend to, to equivocate calls or meetings on calendars is progress. And that's just not the case. You can't do deep, meaningful work with a full schedule. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you have to protect your time. Um, I consider myself to be a master of time management. Um, I've spent a lot of, of time and years just consistently focusing on that skill. Um, it's definitely not something that is, <clears throat> you know, kind of innate in me. It's, it's something that I really had to work on um, because I, I was the same way. You know, I, I literally was like, okay, I've got 20 meetings booked this week. Like, this is good. But when they don't turn into or convert into revenue or they don't convert into opportunities and things like that, then you need to start looking at kind of the, the reasons behind that stuff, right? And so by taking fewer meetings, I'm able to focus more on the, the activities uh, of the business and the tasks that are actually revenue producing. And I, I think that's a lot of, of what has helped us continue to grow at such a rapid pace. Um, but I, I think the, the other piece of that is understanding um, what the most critical uh, task or, or items that need to be addressed in your business are. So I, I have something that I refer to as a hit list. It's not a, uh, a name. Uh, it's not a list of names of, of people that I'm looking to, to, to cross out or anything like that. This is, you know, the top three things that I know if I complete the next day uh, that will continue to move my business forward. And so every night I, I sit down and I, I prioritize. I mean, I've always got a, a long list of things that need to be addressed, but I always focus on the top three because as long as I get those done, I know that things keep moving. The wheels keep turning the, the, uh, the registers keep ringing and all the, uh, all the other fun stuff. But, um, so that, that's the first thing. And then, um, the other thing I am big on when it's time to shut it down at the end of the day, I shut it down. So I've got, uh, three kids. I've got two young kids. I've got a five and a three, uh, and and they're my world. They're the most important thing. That's, that's, I don't want to say they're, they're my why, because I've got a lot of things that drive me, but they're definitely a big part of the responsibility. And, and what gets me up and, and motivated in the morning to continue being my best self, right? But again, if you don't have that work-life balance, you can't be your best self. I can't be my best self at home if I'm not my best self at work, right? And that all comes back to how I manage my time. Um, the other great thing there is I've got some incredible people that I've built relationships with that, that work as part of my executive leadership team that I trust fully. So I have that ability to delegate. Uh, instead of working with all of our employees on an on a extremely close level, I literally have five or six people that I work with uh, primarily. That's not to say that I don't know all of my employees because I know all of my employees very well. I take I go out of my way to, uh, to actually build those relationships because all that comes back and contributes to the culture and what we're building. And, and I try to make myself accessible, um, but it's, it's all within reason, right? Um, and so I, I think that's the other thing. So 
the other big thing I do having multiple businesses, I don't try to focus on all those businesses at the same time. Right. I, uh, I literally block off time in my day. I focus on one company at a time. I'm basically looking through uh, the overall health of those companies. I'm looking at the revenue streams. I'm looking at uh, the sales and marketing funnels and all the different activities, all the different business functions. Um, and then I am working with whoever my leadership teams are with that specific uh, business to continue moving things forward, to get statuses and, and understand obstacles and areas that, that need my attention. So um, time management for me, like I said, is, is key. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's literally a, a must, um, especially at this point. So I'd say, I'd say that's number one. And then the second thing is just, like I said, just having people that you can trust, uh, that have the skill sets that you need, that you feel comfortable delegating with. As long as you have those two things, uh, there's really no limits, uh, to what you can achieve. Yeah. I'm all in on that. I, I 100% <laughs> with you. I do the, the same kind of thing. I, at a little full focus planner, I do the same thing. But what I heard you say in that, that, that super powerful and, and it's so important. As you continue to grow in leadership, it's so important that you control your time. But you, you talked about time blocking and focusing on your top 20% of activities. You, you talked about getting good people around you that you can yeah. delegate out to. So having a key inner circle, but also what I heard in there too is wherever you're at, be present. So whenever you're in exactly. one specific business, that was the that was the focus. When you're at home with the wife and the kids and yeah. that, that was the focus, right? And uh, yeah. that, that is so important as well. So, cause they deserve that, right? That oh, business and that time 100%. deserves that. And I'm, I'm big on, if you, if you look at any of my social, a lot of the stuff that I post, it's about, hey, shut it down for the weekend. There's other people that that support you that deserve your time and attention, right? And that's, it's so big for me, especially having having young kids because they they're not going to be young forever. They're going to grow up. They're going to leave the nest. And and I hate to even think about when that time comes, but you know I want all the time that I can get with them while they're while they're here, right? Well, I've got them in the house and and kind of under my my watch, and you know it's important. And it's just same same way with my spouse. I mean, my wife deserves my time too. So, you know, I, I have a big emphasis on on family. Um, I actually have several family members that, that I actually work with. And I, I love that too. Um, they work for me in various ventures that we have and stuff. And um, it's just a great way to, to, to kind of ensure that you have that work-life balance, but to also extend those kind of family first um, principles out throughout your workforce too. Yeah. So uh, you've added a, added a ton of value, Patrick. And I've got one, actually two more questions for you. But sure, one, sure. one question is, Say there's somebody out there that listen, they've been they've been bitten by that entrepreneur bug and they're asking that same yeah, question yeah. that you ask of like, isn't there a better way? There's gotta be a better way. And and they're in that position where they've got the bug, but they're like, I know I can do something better. Like any advice for an individual that may find themselves in that spot right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, the, the biggest thing is just to <clears throat> research, research, research. Um, I think the one of the biggest failures of entrepreneurs is, is failing to really understand the market and the potential problem that they're trying to solve. So as you're defining your ideal customer profiles, you need to really go deep and understand what those pain points are, what the root causes of those are, and talk to as many different people as you can within that field. I see so many entrepreneurs that they'll just talk to one or two people, or they're solving a problem that they have thinking that this is something that everyone else experiences when that's, it's just not the case, right? So you can save a lot of time upfront 
by rapidly validating your ideas or potential solutions. Uh, and you can also save a lot of money on the back end by not building out a product that there's no market for. And so I, I think that's the biggest thing is just do your research, start early, start having conversations with people uh, within your target audience to see is, is this really a problem that you know, is worth pursuing a solution for? So if, if you approach it with that lens, um, th then you'll be much more successful. And, and long story short, you won't build products that people don't need, right? That's why most entrepreneurs fail is because they're trying to take something to market that there's just not a, not a need for. Yeah, that is a very powerful, powerful point. And I love the practicality of that. That, that is awesome. So here's my last question to you, Patrick, is say somebody's listening in and they're like, hey, I love the story you told about the lady and help their business uh, to be more effective and more efficient. And I want that. How do I get in touch with Patrick and his team? What, what's the best way for somebody to stay in touch with you, Patrick? Yeah, absolutely. And, and for those people and for, for any and all entrepreneurs, um, saspartners.io, so S-A-A-S partners.io is a great way to get in touch with us. You can book a discovery call if you have questions or if you have that bug that Corey was talking about and you just want to vet your idea. Um, you can always schedule a discovery call. We're happy to kind of walk through that with you and, and, and tell you what that process should look like uh, in order to get started up. And then we also have uh, a blogs, I mean, literally thousands of blogs at this point around entrepreneurship, around leadership, around building and scaling companies, around automation, and pretty much anything you could ever want to know about running and, and growing a business. So check us out uh, there as well. And then you can also Follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere that, that people are being social. I'm probably being social too. So again, Patrick Parker, uh, I'll be on the lookout for you. Awesome, man. Well, Patrick, you've added a ton of value and I really appreciate your time and uh, the, the wisdom that you've shared today and just really want to appreciate you. And I want to say thank you guys for taking a listen. I know today has added value to you. And if you're really looking for uh, something like that, uh, feel free to reach out to Patrick and his team at SAS Partners. Uh, I know they'd love to serve you. You can hear from the hear from the tone of his voice and the core principles that they have, that it is very customer service oriented, that they look to exceed expectation. I can hear that in your voice. So appreciate you guys for taking a listen. I hope it's added value to you today. Make sure to like and subscribe. That way you can stay up to date with any new episodes. And again, one last time, Parker, Patrick, Parker, appreciate you, man. Uh, I hope, uh, hope you guys have a great day. And Thanks God for having me on, Corey, for a great conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. As you go about your day, remember to ask yourself, as a parent, child, sibling, business owner, customer, boss, teammate, would you recommend yourself, audit yourself, and change your life? Hey, guys, and if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, take a moment. Please subscribe. Give us a rate and review on your listening platform. And, hey, we value your feedback, and it helps others Find us. Are you ready for this?